Welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. Another song by our friends, the Hourglass Cats, a local Phoenix band doing great shit. That is from their EP, Portrait of Cats. That one was called Downtown Funk. Perfect for this episode, as you'll see soon. You're going to check out the entire song after this episode. I didn't ask. I, would, I didn't say, hey, if you want to. It was like, you're going to check it out. At the end of the episode, the whole entire song, Downtown Funk, will be played. And you can listen to it if you want to. You don't have to. All right, this is Behind the Pint series. So a little peek behind the scenes of making our 2019 publication, the Arizona Beer Book. If you haven't seen that, it's a 200-page hardcover, photo-centric, coffee table-style book about Arizona craft beer. So volume one. So we captured 35 breweries plus Cider Core and Superstition Meadery. And that is part one. So part two will come out at some point in the future. TBD, to be honest. TBD, TBH. So um, you can get this book. Uh, you can go, there are tap rooms all around the state. There's about 50 places around the state that carry the book. Uh, you'll see it, hopefully, everywhere. Displayed under lights and all that stuff. If not, you can go to thearizonabeerbook.com and buy yourself a beer book. All right, and where are we going? Oh, so, all right, this series, this is Behind the Pint. So really, how we made the book was we talked to people and we recorded conversations, whether it was through a podcast or whether it was through a phone conversation. And we asked them to tell us their story a little more in depth and to tell us about a specific beer. So that's what this is about. This one, it's a little bittersweet. Loved Julie and Jimmy from Mother Bunch, just awesome, awesome people, and some of the best food in the city, not just like brewery food, whatever, like bar food, whatever you call it, it's not, it's, it was one of the best in the city, so the beers kept getting better and better, and really just the nicest people, but food and beverage is brutal, and in January 2020, they closed their doors, but I was really uh, grateful that we got to capture them in this book, so there's four pages, uh, four pages dedicated to, you know, Mother Bunch Brewing and McBride's Red Ale, which is what we're going to get into, or McBride's Irish Red. Um, Julie smacked me in the face if she heard me say that. No, she wouldn't. She's very nice. Uh, So, yeah. Shut their doors, unfortunately, in 2020. Their head brewer, Omar, has just um, recently started uh, La Pequina. That is L-A-P-E-Q-U-E-N-A Brewing. Just type that into Instagram. You'll find it. And he's making some really good stuff. He got a, he has a hazy IPA and a sour that I've seen so far and I've tasted. And uh, nice work, Omar. So keep it up, buddy. This is the one we get to hear the story of McBride's Red. Uh, this is one of the favorites at Mother Bunch. And you having that with the lunch special was like ten bucks for a soup and sandwich. And it was no just regular soup and sandwich. It was like French onion soup with a grilled cheese on sourdough. Uh, it was great. They. Stampin' history right there, Mother Bunch. Thank you guys for all that you've done. Let's hear the story of McBride's. For a while, we quit calling it McBride's Irish Red. We just called it McBride's, and it doesn't sell. Like, if you you have to have the Irish in there. So just McBride's Red? Uh, just or just McBride's? McBride's Ale, yeah. Really? Didn't sell. Because 
Technically, it's an American brown um, because if you look at the style guidelines for an American brown, it's drier and hoppier, okay. which he asked me to make him a red that yeah. was a little bit drier and a little bit hoppier yeah. than a traditional red. Yeah. So there's my little secret. I've only had one little beer nerd since we opened say, this isn't a red. This is actually a brown. I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, Hop Knot's actually a pale ale. Right. You know? Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I honestly, my first GABF, I was surprised at the categories, you know, that things were entered in that, you know. The certain things that you like thought were not, style. Yeah. yeah. The, the name does not necessarily reflect the style category that they were entered oh, in. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So when I say that we, out of 78 beers, it was the American Brown category. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we made it to the final round. So six beers make it to the final round. Out of? Out of 78. In that each category has its own, like IPAs, there probably are hundreds. Okay. Am I if I take this really? Yeah, yeah, no worries. So anyways, McBride's, McBride's. Was yeah. entered into GABF as a brown ale. Yes. American brown. An American brown, okay. yeah. Why? 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 Because it, it met actually the style guidelines of that mm. closer than an Irish, than a true like Irish red. Okay. So, like I said, it's a little bit drier. Yeah. So, not quite as multi sweet. Right. Um, yeah. uh, and higher IBUs because McBride wanted something hoppier. Yeah. And if you look at the definition of an American brown. They are more hoppy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Less, less malty. I mean, it's not hoppy like an IPA hoppy. No. But, no. yeah. More, more crisp bitterness than a, you know, malty sweet. Yes. That yeah. you get out of a traditional red. Yeah, because I'm not usually real big on the malty, the heavy malty like ambers and reds and stuff like that but this one is that's a good combination exactly yeah, yeah. so now everyone will know my secret my secret <laughs> yes yes what else what else can you think about uh, this is one of the first beers you guys drew it is that one came straight out of the backyard how long was it being hungry for before you guys started doing gosh probably two years oh really yeah it was, it was one of the beers that we used to, I gave a shit ton of beer away, uh, trying to raise capital. So yeah, in fact, that was fun. Like, the more money you spend, the more, and the further along you are, the more likely, like, and I, you know, like the guy from the west side who never really got, his was like Veritas or something. He really never got his capital drive going. Veritas Brewery? Yeah, because okay. all he ever had was a business plan. Um, I went all in with like my entire 401k and you know, put all the down payments on everything and like started the build out and all that stuff. Like I didn't get my, uh, a third of the money that I needed until July 29th and we opened on September 15th. Like, it was that freaking tight. Yeah. yeah. So every day it was like, so we, one of my investors hosted a party at their house, you know, and chef made food and, um, you know, we had like four or six different beers. <clears throat> you know, we were going around with our tubs and our party taps and stuff back then. But, uh, um, yeah. And then Hoppy drove people from their house down here to the building so we could give them a quick tour 
because we had started, you know, some of the con- start of the construction. So that was really fun. Hoppy's been a good friend and a big supporter since the beginning. Yeah, yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah. And so they were. He was giving tours here before you guys even opened. Yeah, like he would kind of- every once in a while. He would do. Yeah, that couple that you met. Yeah. Like, Every once in a while, he would just, he was like, hey, are you there? And he would pop in. Yeah. In fact, that was the funniest. One day, all of a sudden, uh, the big four from Four Peaks showed up here. So, uh, Andy, Big John, Melissa, and uh, Jim. Nats Guzzle. No. Okay. Brewer. More the brewery side. Yeah. Except for Big John. Doc's wife. Melissa. Melissa, yeah, Yeah. And... Jim, I think his name is Jim, but he's like the other head brewer there with Melissa. Oh, okay. I uh, yeah, I can't think of his last name right now. It'll come to me. Tall kid. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, but all of a sudden they, yeah. you know, just showed up one day. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're they're scoping it out in case we don't make it. <laughs> just writing shit down. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good location. You know, we it left was, out. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you said you were brewing it for like two years before you started brewing it commercially. Were there any big changes that once you went commercial, as far as the recipe is concerned, that you guys implemented it that stayed pretty true to that? Uh, probably hops. I'd have to go back and remember. You know, I think I was using all just uh, um, traditional nobles. Um, now we're kind of. Because we're so little and we pretty much do everything on the secondary or spot hop market, you know, we get, we take what we can get. <laughs> I think it is still, I'd have to check with Omar, but I'm pretty sure he's still using Hallertau and Saws. As the two hot, the hops yeah, that go with, yeah. but let me just verify that yeah, yeah. Before, <laughs> yeah. before we write anything down. Sure. What, um, if anything, so that's the only thing that would have changed in it. Would be the, the, the hop. Yeah. 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 Does it change? Has it changed many times? Or no. Like you try to keep it yeah. pretty. Yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. What kind of people do you know, interesting, like Craft 64, they sell it all day. I actually just got it there the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You know, not everybody is an IPA hophead. And, um, you know, I guess we sell it to the people who like that style. I don't know. Because I've never seen, like, it's only old men or it's only, you know, where there are old men hanging out or anything like It's not like that. Yeah. Yeah, we do, actually. We do. Surprisingly, it surprises me sometimes. I wouldn't say the beer that we have in the most accounts, but it's definitely one of our flagships. Okay. What do you like about this beer? That my husband likes it. <laughs> does he? Uh-huh. Is it, does he? Do, is it his beer all the time? No. That man would have Stone IPA intravenously injected in it, <laughs> which is why we make the Mother IPA. Because now nah, he's a super West Coast style. You know, but you can't just make one style of beer that you like to drink all the time, you know? Yeah. Drink it in a heartbeat, absolutely. Yeah. But do I drink it all the time? No, I'll be honest. But you don't have to put that in the book. You can, sure. Yeah. He probably loves it. It's his go-to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
his 75.3% Irish blood yeah. needs this beer. Uh, what about, do you guys cook with it at all? Absolutely. Yeah. okay. Oh my god. Everything's brining it or, you know, oh yeah. Yeah, lots of times, anytime you see like, uh, typically pork or beef, like when she does the bracha beef or, um, you know, yeah. That's definitely, that and uh, the blonde or whatever's light on the board, they use that like in the mac and cheese. But definitely, like the chicken wings are brined in that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is this the beer you use most for food then? Probably, yeah. We should probably get Omar too. I'm going to steal your pen. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let me go ask him what happened. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, dude, so we're talking, we're recording. We're oh. talking about the McBride's Red. Right on. So. Turns out, like, the hops really haven't changed. It's Tetanang. Yeah. What is it? Uh, yeah. Tetanang. Warrior and Tetanang. And okay. the Warrior, like, I shop Alpha Acids by dollar because yeah. your bittering hop yeah. doesn't really impart much flavor. It really, right. it's added at the very beginning of the boil. Okay. And so it's really just so you are summer size those bittering oils in the hop. Yeah. Um, it's the tetanang that's added at um, well, 15, 15, 15 minutes left yeah. in the boil that really gives the flavor. For sure. Gotcha. For, and that's gotcha. a noble hop, and that gives you that very, like, traditional feel to it. Yeah. Um, she's right. You know, you were asking me who likes that beer. You know, the people that wouldn't buy a glitter beer. You know, yeah, <laughs> and don't really give a shit about a hazy IPA, yeah, or yeah. A, or a lactose yeah. creamsicle IPA, yeah. and that's what and that's one of those a like, fruity, smarty, yeah. one of those sleepy uppy, beers, yeah, they call <laughs> yeah. it like that, yeah. This so it's like I just want a good flavor. I just want beer. a good, handcrafted beer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like I said, it's very, it's a very modern red ale, yeah. so you get a lot of the classic toasty, roasty notes. You get a big body in the middle. But you always get that hot perception perception throughout the whole six. So you get in the beginning, get in the middle, and then at the end you have like this like tang, and it's like, oh, is that hot? And it's because everything else is dropped, you know. It's yeah. almost like a coffee bitterness. Almost, uh huh, yeah, man, almost like yeah. a coffee bitterness. Yeah, the two where you're like, is this because because it's roasted, because it's toasty, you're like, I don't know if it's a hot perception that I'm getting or if it's the bitterness of a roastiness or a coffee kind, you know. Is there roast barley in that? Five percent, like five pounds. Five percent. It's like really, literally, just a tiny, tiny bit for the color. Yeah, Yeah, you get a good, a little bit, a little bit color from roast barley, but it's not my favorite flavor profile. And because roast barley, yeah. Yeah. And because we ferment with an American yeast, uh, yeast string, everything, everything comes out very. S it's S O four, right? I thought it was English. Oh, five, yeah. I think you might have changed that then too. So I think I was using 04 in the beginning of that one. Wow. When I was home brewing. I don't brewing, think so. I mean, I, I don't know. When I was home so. brewing, I was buying, you know, the liquid pitches from the home brew shop. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think USO5 fucking helps it. Oh, yeah. I think it's, I think, like I said, everything else comes so clean. Makes it that super it, it, clean. Yeah, lets those um, Instead of getting the florals in. that you get sometimes. Let lets, lets those uh, roasty malts come through and it also lets the tannin hops or any hop that we let just shine through because there's no fruity, there's no estuary, there's no kind of, of uh, biting with the beer. Just like, oh shit, it's gonna be clean. It's, it's a fucking red ale, man. Yeah. 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 
clean and dry. Exactly, clean and dry, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yep. Good deal. I like that. Yeah, I like that about that. And not only that, but they, we always keep it in a 5 to 5%, like 5 to a 5.5% ratio. So, again, you're dealing with, like, pretty rounded flavors. and pretty sure. rounded, like, feel in the beer. Yeah. So. yeah. That's one of the reasons I love it is because it's so well balanced and you get that hoppiness and crispness up front. But I even still, it's almost like I drink a really, really nice coffee. Yeah, like, man. Have, yeah, man. It's not sitting on my tongue in a bad way, but I definitely still have that little bit of Right, it's like almost like a, it's almost like Ethiopian espresso. Have you had that? Yeah. Where yeah. it's like, where it's like more on the lemony grassy, yeah. more on the, but you, but you also always get this hint of roast. Yeah. Like it's like this burnt hint at the end, which yeah. is weird for some yeah. reason for that coffee. But nice depth to it, like, I, of that. I think I, I believe it's depth for sure. I think it's the layers. I think it's like yeah, yeah, like layers, and then at the end you get that. Oh, by the way, this we're still drinking coffee. By the way, you know, right, like we're still right, drinking yeah. this and that. Yeah. But th- there's absolutely no coffee in it. <laughs> none in this, none, yeah. none in that, no, no. But yeah. I'm saying like in Ethiopian coffee, you drink right. that shot and you're like lemony, grassy, uplifting, yeah. it's bright. But at the end of the swig, you're like, oh, but it's still That's coffee. That's crazy that there is no coffee in the I mean, not that I anticipated that there was coffee, but the flavor is so similar uh, that I would almost classify it specifically as that. And when I've had it in the past and I've had, you know, that same thing on the back end and on the front end it's not like like when when you drink a coffee beer it's it's there the with that coffee flavor. yeah and often it has kind of like that acidity like when you finish drinking a not so good coffee it leaves you with that kind of like really yeah. on the mouth. side it yeah, that yeah. Top, well because a lot of the grains are dalted yeah. and yeah they are dark they are roasted Kelms. enough like coffee so mm. let's say coffee hits a 500 Livid Bond roast on it, which is like super dark, super roasted, no husk on anything. Of coffee grains, the same thing. They bring it from their roaster and they turn it and have fire underneath it, and it's 500 Livid Bond, right? They bring up the coffee, they check it out. No, it's darker. Okay, more. Dude, the same temperatures thing with are the yeah. The temperatures are what they're the, what they're dealing with is the same thing as certain malts. Okay. So. Yeah, sure. so they do have the similarity in the same rose or Levibon level, which is up the in the five hundreds. Yeah, up in the five hundreds. Because yeah. of the similar preparation of the months. Yeah, the coffee gets roasted the same. Honestly, that's why you had stout beers in the beginning because yeah. they were basically kilning over open wood fires or coal. Yeah, and, and, uh, and some was, of them burn more than others. Was the Czechs that yeah. figured out how to uh, kiln it with indirect heat so that you got pale. Uh, pale malts, so and then pale the malts became. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, sure. yeah. absolutely. Hey, that's, the malt. that's totally how you get your color in beer. I mean, yeah. unless you're like putting hibiscus and something that's yeah, very light SRM. Yeah. yeah, that's the Pink Boots hop blend too. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Dry yeah. hop with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was impressed with that beer for sure. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I like it. Right I now. almost made them wear pink tutus while they brewed it. I but, know. not our so size. Oh, <laughs> I would have. I don't know about that guy over there. <laughs> the Grinch. Like, oh, no, 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 no. He's, I tell him, you're I'll a mean one. I'll put it in my one. pocket. I'll put, I'll, I'll put the tutu in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm very proud of this beer. Uh, yeah. Super dry, super small. Um, the dry hop came in like perfectly balanced. Um, 
It's a nice tropical hop nice There is no bittering hops. It's all late hop addition. Um, we want to give it a new spin on a classic Goza style. So it's all, it's just okay. weird. I probably didn't, you didn't put this together, but our very first big boots brew that we did for Pink Boots was a Goza. Because it used to be a style challenge as opposed to a... Um, them, them putting brew. together this hop blend and then selling the hop blend, and they get a portion of the proceeds of the hop blend as well. Well, it's but, a challenge. Like so, pick a style yourself. Now it's pick a style yourself to brew with their hop blend, whereas Back it used day, to be like brew, brew a goza, mm. brew you know the the year they we did. They would give you the style. They would give you the style, like um, the next year the coat booster that we did. Yeah. They said find a historic style Ancient with with Hill. molasses. Yeah, I like the style challenges better, personally. But so yeah, back back yeah. Like they the can. first time they we can. did a goza, it was so funny. Jerry, I'm sure I've told you guys this story before, but he the whole time we were like planning it and figuring out with our, our equipment and all the different ways there are to like kettle sour or just add you know such or add um, lactic acid mm -hmm. after and all that kind of stuff. Like figuring out with our equipment how what our process was going to be and um, Jerry kept saying what, what can possibly happen we're intentionally making bad beer what, yeah. what can possibly happen we're intentionally making bad it. beer yeah, yeah. to inoculate yeah. it with germs yep yep it was funny I think it's I think it's a good process. that's the only one we've dumped too because of the fire sprinkler it was black goes oh my day. gosh oh, yeah. that was black goes nasty nasty <laughs> yeah and yeah. i was and i was still fighting now i know like, no, 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 i walked no, no, no. in the building and i could Let's smell that butyric it. acid and i was like, like no nope. nope. i've been down the butyric acid path once before <laughs> yeah right you were saying yeah. yeah you were telling me yeah belgian pale ale went wrong no right? it was one of the initial brewers yeah. i think it was uh no i thought it was like a berliner vice or something like that no, I'm telling you, I was telling you, the Belgian was the collaboration that we did with Peoria Artisan, and they did not have good fermentation temperature techniques, and, you know, I made all this Belgian candy sugar to use in the beer and everything, and it tasted like fucking Band-Aids, because they fermented it way too high temperature, it was horrible, but that also is just a story between us friends, you know, I they have always, I think, kind of struggled with I think the quality they, I think of they, their beer. They're getting better now. Yeah. They're getting better now, yeah. for sure. I don't know. I don't know what the scale. They is. had a lot of buttery IPAs, but yeah, man, we've had one too. Yeah, man, it happened to us too. What kind of transistor has happened? McBride's 65. 65 68. 60, uh, 65 is the 65 to 68. That's the mother bunch number. Yeah. Um, we like to keep it cool. We understand that. It will slow down fermentation, but the stress on the yeast is way less. Mm. So they're actually taking their time and decomparting and fucking breaking down because easier. It's cooler as opposed to warmer. Warmer, they're more rampage, they're more savage, they're more like, ah, let's get through this. Cooler temperatures give you a more calmer, cleaner, less estuary beer. You know, in Omar's brain, he like actually is seeing the yeast yes. like devouring <laughs> yes. the sugar. Yes. <laughs> like I'm seeing them like say you take care of this you take care of that yes I'm yeah. seeing that yeah and temperature helps you with stress oh yeah you it know? does cooler places are make yeah. happier people huh? exactly 
Same with beer. Same, Same with, with beer. beer. Same <laughs> with beer. That, uh, that lower temperature contributes to the crispness as well. Absolutely. Um, Again. I think about a lager. Again. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You. Um, it does take three days extra, four days extra to completely attenuate. Mm -hmm. But the payoff, I mean, the cleanliness, the drop-off, all yeah. of those are, are important are important signatures of a lot of bunch of sure. bunch beers. Yeah, for sure. You know, those are things that we take pride on and we want to say you're ready for the next sip after this one sip because then there's no lingering there's no and it isn't like immediately at day four we drop this him no omar talks to the beer he he's, well, he, he gets its yeah. chakras aligned yeah and, like, yeah you know, it's important, it, is. It, is. Yeah, yeah. it is it is but I mean, I also try to push as much as I can with the for workforce and say, man, yeah. get this shit ready, man, because we're going to go forward. All right, right. Um, so work, daily work is very important. But Judy's right. I do like to take time with G-Tank and say, well, and just what's like the next step for Make sure, yeah. you know, that yeah. we're not serving something that, I that, we're, drink. that we're not proud of. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I remember Judy telling me, like, I wouldn't serve anything that I wouldn't fucking drink. I'll say, you're right. Me yeah. either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's an important aspect of what we're doing with the beer and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think it's, I think it shows. And this in particular right there, um, you could even sometimes think that's a brown because of the roastiness, because of the other depth. What? Well, I, I was saying, I mean, technically it is a brown. Uh, GABF standards. It's looking yeah. more red now than ever, but because of the depth, it's like, this could be a brown ale, you know. I guess the well, I, it was actually the brown ale category that I entered it in. Right. Well, when you homebrewed it, when yeah. you guys made it first, it yeah. was deeper, yeah. right? Darker. Yeah. Well, what else have you changed? Nothing. Yeah. Just nothing, nothing. We actually went back We went back to the original yeah. recipe. that's what I thought. So nothing, nothing. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I guess the last question I'll ask before we get out of here is, for you two separately, if you were explaining this beer to someone who is not super into craft beer, how would you Omar has more words than me. Okay. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be like, uh, you know, like, like I, like, maybe where we drink. I would say, I would say it's an American uh, red ale. You have your hot forwardness, but you also have your multi balance. To it. You know, that's one of the reasons why we use it uh, in our brines and stuff here. Because it has that good, like... Complexity, but yeah, not, but not too crazy. Yeah, to it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the dryness of it cuts through fatty meats and stuff. So definitely, I would drink this at the barbecue. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. would that would totally be Absolutely. my spot. Yeah, that was here last time. I had this with the mole pulled pork. Oh, Yeah. Amazing! Wow, man! Yeah, wow, yeah. That's a, that's a good combination. To we we saying. do oh, we yeah because you're getting that roastiness <laughs> from like, the mole. Yeah, like, damn, dude! Well, you're as well, you're not messing around. This was the one where I drank the beer, ate the food, and then after it, without even trying to pair them, it was just I cool. Yeah, I was cool. Like, oh man, that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is one of those like uh, this is one of those beers that with the uh, temperature changing. You know, and in my brain, two degrees is like complete different beer, right? Yeah. Like, oh my god! All right. So, McBride's is one of those beers that you taste it, and you're like, 
feels great. It feels good, nice, sharp, easy going. Temperature drops, 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 drops. And you're talking to your friend, you're hanging out. And the, the flavors get rounded. And you're like, this is still good. You really yeah. need video yeah. for him. I know. <laughs> you're like, this is, this is real. This is oh, still cool. good. You know? Temperature's uh-huh. dropping. Cool. It's warming up. And you're like, oh, shit, okay. So it's developing like different things as it's going. It goes from like a really sharp, cold front. I mean, the more you let it open up, the more you open I up. I need to get rid of it. Baby, so done with that. 